By the time you hear this podcast, you might consider living in a box. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're not living in a box. Not yet, at least. Not yet. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to everyone who has been downloading and listening so far. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, If you want to um, tell people about where we can be found, uh, there are a lot of different ways. Uh, You can... um, Go to by the time you hear this dot com. I need to update it. I haven't posted the last couple episodes. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Let me know. I can help out. Yeah. All right. Um, I think like the last the last two, and then including this, it will be three. Let us count the ways you can find. Us. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go to our website by the time you hear this dot com, at which you could uh, see our episodes, listen to every episode, of course, and see um, links and videos to uh, the topics that we discuss. Uh, also, we uh, if there is a playlist involved, we embed the playlist uh, from Spotify to that particular post, um, and one will be included on this episode right now. Um, you can also, uh, if you're not watching this on Facebook Live, you can by going to by the time you hear this uh, on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash by the time you hear this, the website and the. Uh, Facebook page spelled with the word you with the word you. Yes. If you want to get with us on social media even further, we are on Instagram at by the time you hear this spell with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. As far as I understand. I'm kidding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that is also the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com in which you can give us your show ideas, comments, questions, concerns. If you're an independent artist, we'll play your music and discuss it for no charge. Uh, we are, we are still anti payola as far as I know. What concerns would someone have? I wonder, I don't know. 
I don't know either. Maybe it's on the technical aspect. I don't like the microphones you're using. I'm concerned you're not as upstanding as you claim to be. <laughs> yeah, I did some background research, and um, and uh, I believe on episode 33, you mentioned you used Aries. I believe that is an illegal file sharing <laughs> <Aries>? service. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. That should be expunged. I was in high school. That should not be. That don't count. <laughs> And Ben, I believe you mentioned LimeWire, so I I searched your name in LimeWire. I was over eighteen. I was over eighteen. <laughs> but you went back to Aries. Oh God! Now I was I was still using Aries at, at West Georgia. How? That, that was the only one that worked for me. That was the I only one that worked. Find it. I googled it. And it says the God of War. I got actually. That was the only one that worked for me. Kazaa was too slow. LimeWire, like everyone was using LimeWire, so that was even slower. Huh. So it's still around. <laughs> so anyone wants to use Aries, uh, still out there. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so uh, yeah. That, oh yeah. And if you want to listen to us on the go, there are mm-hmm. several ways in which you can listen to us on the go. Uh, you can go to if you have an iPhone, Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes. If you have an Android, you can use Google Music, the Google Music app to uh to search for podcasts there and with other apps you can use a uh, tune in uh podomatic of course um auto radio overcast Castbox, and satchel podcast player and i never do the read for satchel podcast player but <laughs> it, the gist of it is you can listen to um several podcasts there and then you can also find out what podcasts are produced in your area so uh, to support the the local podcasters out there. All the right. Network, too, I guess. Yeah, possibly. Yes. Well, I should probably start using it. Then. Yeah, I didn't think about it. <laughs> network. Some networking. <laughs> All right. So we do have a guest. Um, well, he's 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 the he's the uh, the third host now. Yeah. The friend um, of the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely friend of the show. And he's back with us. I believe this is his fourth appearance. And uh, okay, yeah. we have Brandon, a.k.a. Father Clef. <laughs> What's happening, fellas? Back hey. to the Kazaa thing. I completely remember wrecking my family computer with Kazaa. Oh, I think, because in, yeah. in high school, I used to make, like, I used to hustle, like, mixtapes. You were one of those I kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Long t-shirt and everything. <laughs> Wow, okay, man! I remember the way my father yelled at me that day. <laughs> it was that Good one times. kid, man. Oh, what's up, fellas? <laughs> that kid with the with the computer and the CD burner and broadband internet before everyone had it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was like the the kid at my school. Like he, the first kid that did it, you couldn't just ask for any song. He had a list of songs. Oh, a list <laughs> it was like a catalog. Had. So you had to go in there and choose from the catalog. And then give him your money, and he bring you the CD. Like next day, yeah, and like or like in a couple of days, and it's like, you know, like so. I remember one year, one time, I wanted "Smells Like Teen Spirit," but he didn't have "Smells Like Teen Spirit." He had "Smells the Willard Al Yankovic version." Smells like Nirvana. Yeah, smells like Nirvana. <laughs> so I was like, like "What's well, the closest thing?" So, <laughs> so I had to go without for a while until I found someone else who offered a better service. <laughs> So yes, man, that's probably something I could have. Well, no, no, 
pretty, not until I got to West Georgia could I have done that. Yeah, by then everyone was yeah, doing every, it. Everyone figured out how to do it for themselves. Yeah. yeah. But I did have to like use, um, like I had a CD runner, but like I, I had a, a, a CD player, a Walkman, but with the recordable CDs, only on a certain, only with certain CDs would it work with the CD play on yeah. my CD player. <laughs> so I would have to go like to someone across the hall, <laughs> like in, when it, like in, in row, like yeah. someone across the hall, can I burn this CD <laughs> on your computer real quick? <laughs> like I have, I have a CD right here. I have an old CD. <laughs> yeah. I had one of those CD MP3 players. So I would take a CD I could fit, you know, like with those CDs at the time, maybe like a hundred to 110 songs on there. And then it would decode the MP3 files. So like, I thought I was hot shit because I could listen my, to an MP3 my CD. My CD couldn't do that. Yeah. I well, was, my, my Walkman couldn't do that. So I had to like burn them. I could fit like maybe 15 songs. Yeah. So, so I would like I burn those before minutes. class. Like I was going to listen to a hundred songs on the way to class <laughs> <laughs> on my 15 minute walk. And then when I got that Creative Zen MP3 player, like all bets were off. It was like I can, I can, you know, yeah. Oh, I, I got it. Um, I think I, uh, I got an iPod. Yeah. As a as a Christmas present. I was very anti iPod like, back that then. That was that was it. Yeah. No more burning CDs. But, but <laughs> not anti iPod enough to get a Zune because <laughs> I knew someone who had a Zune and I didn't know anybody who had a Zune. Yes, you'd Ashley Peterson. Oh zoom. yes, she did. She, she did have a zoom. zoom. She did have a zoom. I knew one person. <laughs> I think everyone knew that one person. Like I knew someone that had a zoom. I knew one kid in high school that had a mini disc player. <laughs> oh wow! I did. Too. Yeah, like in high school, I knew someone with a mini disc. He uh, he put a lot of um, Korean hip hop on there. <laughs> Where else are you going to put it, right? I don't <laughs> but this kid also had, like, the very first generation iPod. It thing was a beast. Like, he brought yeah. it in there. I was it Like, it's the size of a hard drive now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But it could still fit, like, didn't, wasn't like a 64 gig at least? I don't remember what it was, but it could it could fit a lot. It and could it was the only ones to where you, like, had to, like, you put batteries in it. Was it? I think I don't so. remember. I just remember it being huge and white with the silver back. At least I think you yeah, had to put batteries in it. I feel like now, though, that'd be a... That's like... I feel like that's something a hipster would carry. Like, they probably would just go... They'd seek out a MP... Well, they'd get the Diamond Rio. Is that what they carry? <laughs> that, no, no, like, the MP3 player in general is too new for a hipster. They're so still, they have they still the, have a turntable. You oh. seen that picture of the guy <laughs> with the turntable and his stack of records, but he's at, at, the, at a coffee shop with his headphones oh, plugged wow. into it? <laughs> he's like, I'd play this out loud if they wouldn't kick me out with the little with the phonograph ear thingy. I could it's see gotta that. Be vinyl, man. It's gotta be vinyl. You know, now, and we joke, but I was at Best Buy in Hiram of all places, which I guess to give you an idea, Hiram is like um, just like a really country, you know, middle of nowhere type city on the outskirts of Atlanta. They had vinyl, like new stuff on vinyl, like Damn by Kendrick Lamar on vinyl. Like, who's buying this on vinyl? Other than just to say, yeah, man, I got Kendrick Lamar's damn on vinyl. Do you listen to it? No, nah, man, I, I stream it. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> You just have it just because. 
other than sh- and shout out to Matt when you play the album backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> Nommed. <laughs> no, shout out to Matt though. He will actually he would actually sit down and listen to Quim and I on vinyl, and it sounded pretty smooth. So like he was the only person I knew that would actually every now and then just like pull out the record. I know he even pre-ordered through Eleven's latest album on vinyl. And listen to it from start to finish on vinyl. I was like, that's dedication. Like that's I I can't remember the last album I listened to start to finish. Period. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like period. So yeah. Shout out. All right. Um well uh let's get into some music news here. Um we'll start with uh well let's let's just go ahead and bring this up. Get get the fake news out of the way. <laughs> All right, so uh, Taylor Swift, her album Reputation came out last week, and it's already platinum. Uh, it's already sold a million copies in four days, and it's the highest-selling album of the year. I don't think she's had any competition, though, has she? Did Damn come out this year or was that the end of last year? Damn came out this year. Okay. Divide, 24 Karat Magic. Oh, wait, Divide did come out this year. She beat Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. She beat the most influential artist in black music. Is she going to become the new influ- new most influ- Is nah. like how it goes? No. Like in Family Guy, by the rules of high school, you are now, <laughs> you are now the most influential artist in black music. I don't think that's how it's going to go. <laughs> they were like really good friends, too. Like he really was against her stance on removing her music from streaming services because it really helped him. And um, I wonder if they're just not friends anymore now because Probably of that. not. <laughs> I think he's doing not okay. Doing any collabos anytime soon? He he's he's probably like, "Hey man, no. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Thanks." <laughs> um, Just imagine. Didn't you hear? I'm the most influential artist in black music now. <laughs> if you didn't know, um, and now like, well, she was she was a. Uh, was she on SNL like this past Saturday? So yeah, she was, was the, the one musical guest. So you have the first black female comic to host SNL. Okay, so and who our musical that? guest is Taylor Swift. Who who is that now? Because uh, I Tiffany Haddish. Okay, because I was Tiffany trying to figure Haddish. out who that was. I did not recognize her when she introduced the performance by Taylor Swift that I cut off within the first minute. Um, I didn't yeah. recognize her. She's a she's a, a comedian who's who's pretty much blown up this year. Like she was in Girls Trip. Which is oh, a hit. Okay. She had her own comedy special, uh, which is a hit. Uh, I don't know if she hosted or co-hosted the Def Jam 25th anniversary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's she is blown up this year, mm-hmm. and she was the first black female comic to host SNL. Okay. Um, and there aren't really a lot of, and it's a big deal because well because her being the first, and there aren't a lot of black women who are on SNL anyway. Yeah. Um. Like and the ones Leslie that are, Jones, like, yeah. and, that's her name, uh, Leslie Jones. Okay, there was one in like the in the early '90s. She was only on there for like a year. I can't remember her name. Uh, <clears throat> something Vance. Was she good? I think she was. I think she, I think she was. Oh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. I didn't watch. I didn't watch it. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know if she was funny on the show. I'll probably catch some of the clips then. Um, I sub- I'm, I subscribe to them on YouTube, so I'll see. Because they'll have new stuff, and then they'll, of course they'll have like the really old stuff, and yeah, and it is it's cool to go in there and see. Like the other day, I was watching some presidential videos, and they showed the mock debate between George W. Bush and Al Gore, 
Will Ferrell is George W. Bush. Daryl Hammond is Al Gore. Al Gore. And I was like, man, like, it's like sum up your <laughs> sum up your your campaign in one word: strategic. <laughs> Am I just looking back? I was like, they were pretty spot on. Like, so yeah, I do like that that they've that they've archived all that. And but yeah, I, the performance that she did was of the song "Call It What You Want," which I think it was the best single she released so far. Um, but she she opted to do it with just an acoustic guitar, and she's not really the greatest guitar player. As a matter of fact, she's very average. Um, and I found it to be very boring. She had, a, she had like what looked like a choir behind her, but I didn't give her a chance to get to that part. I just cut it off. Yeah. Let I, me guess. <clears throat> the choir had at least four black women in it. I, I, I Denitra Vance. Yes. Thank you. Denitra Vance was that the, the oh. other black uh, comedian on SNL, other black female comedian in like the late, uh, the late eighties, early nineties. She was there for like a year at the <clears throat> most two years. Um, but yeah, I like, I haven't watched SNL in so long. I mean, I see the clips that are on, um, that are on YouTube. I just found out about this David S. Pumpkins thing. I don't know how it like blew up the way it did. Like, I don't, I don't even know who that is. And I, and yeah, Brandon, I do see one. So there (laughs) there might be more. I can't find pictures, but I do see at least one and she has very natural hair. Uh, David S. Pumpkins was a character played by uh, Tom Hanks, and he's hosted the show like twelve times or something. Hold on, like was that. he the was he on Black Jeopardy? Yeah, that's that what was he did Black Jeopardy. Hilarious. <laughs> that was that was is that who that is? His character, David S. Pumpkins? No. Oh, okay. No, that was that was a different sketch. Okay, because that was that was really funny. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so Taylor Swift's album will be number one next week. Uh, but this week, the number one album is uh, Sam Smith's uh, The Thrill of It All. Good single, too. Uh, have you checked out any any of new Sam Smith, Brandon? I hadn't realized the entire album came out. Yeah, and I do like his single, though. Um, so yeah, his, it came out the week before last. Uh, so it debuts at number one. Uh, number two is red pill blues by Maroon five. Is that a play on the matrix? It it has to be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Come on guys. (laughs) In which I don't see if you can pull it up. Um, how many rappers are featured on this album? A lot. I'm sure. Yeah. The only other thing I could think of it being is um, there's a subreddit called I think it's called the Red Pill, and it talks about like how um, how men are free of like women and stuff like that, and they just pick up artists. And I'm just like, that's really stupid. Um, okay, so no, it does refer to the Matrix, Red Pill yeah. or the Blue Pill. Amazing movie. If you haven't seen that movie, then I, I don't know what you're doing. Um, let's see here. Not many. Um, I, don't, I mean, okay, how many you, features they got then? Three. They got SZA on What Lovers Do, mm. Julia Michaels on Help Me Out. No, I'm sorry, four. Um, <clears throat> Julia Michaels on Help Me Out, Lunch Money Lewis on Who I Am, and ASAP wow. Rocky. That came out of nowhere. ASAP Rocky on Whiskey. I bet that track go hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet it goes hard. Um, 
I know on their last album, I know they had Future, and I feel like they had, well, they had Wiz Khalifa before. They had him on, yeah, his- That was the one before <clears throat> that, I His think. verse was really, like, like, really, like, he just came out, like, just dropping F-bombs. <laughs> like, it kind of, like, when I heard the unedited, I was like, whoa, Wiz, calm down, man. Like, it's, is it that serious? You normally rap about weed. Like, you're- <laughs> <laughs> It was supposed to be calm, oh. so let's see. That was so on five, I don't see anyone. Okay. Um they didn't have anyone. The only person they had was a they had a feature from Gwen Stefani. Are they gonna are they gonna have another um uh, moment like um why can't I think of his name? Like J. Cole where they don't use any features? Um hands all the first, <laughs> the first band with no features? Yeah, the first band to go. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me get it. Because now I'm genuinely curious now because they do have a lot of features. Okay, so on Overexposed, which was the one with the really trippy album cover, they had... They only had one. Okay, they had... That was Payphone with Wiz Khalifa. Um, and then Hands All Over, which of course had the feature with Christina Aguilera for Moves Like Jagger, which is not on this album. I thought it was. They have a feature from Lady Antebellum. Hmm. Um, where did Moves Like Jagger? I don't know where that I thought that was on that one. Yeah, Moves Like Jagger was on there. On that album. Hands All Over with Christina Aguilera. So they had two features on that one. Um, and then you're right. They did have one with Rihanna. But that was on It Won't Be Soon Before Long. That was, I think, Won't was Go Home Without album. You. Yeah. Okay. Well, the second one is Maroon 5. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But they don't show the feature. But yeah, that was the one. Won't go home without you, was the one with. Um, I thought they had Rihanna on it. it one did. of their songs had Rihanna. I do remember that. Well, anyway, um, so, too many features, man. <laughs> uh, the rest of the top ten albums, uh, number three. It was number three last week. Chris Brown's "Heartbreak on a Full Moon," <laughs> the forty-five oh, song. Uh, forty-five songs on the album. <laughs> the beast of an album. <laughs> it, is it? I I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in a store yet. But are they all on one CD? <laughs> <laughs> and if it's on vinyl, how many records does that take up? It's a double. It's a double CD. So disc one has. Good lord, man! Disc one has twenty-two yeah. songs on it. <laughs> disc two has eighteen. It clocks in at 135 minutes and 48 seconds. Wow. And I'm showing that he is a writer on every track. <laughs> wow. It's uh, Christopher Brown. So. <laughs> uh, number four, debuting at number four, Texoma Shore by Blake Shelton. Number five, Without Warning by 21 Savage, Offset, and Metro Boomin. Number six, Live in No Shoes Nation by Kenny Chesney. <laughs> yeah, I know. I laughed too. <laughs> Debuting at number seven, unapod unapologetically by Best New Artist nominee from last year, Kelsey Ballerini. Ballerini. Uh, number eight, uh, Sweet Southern Sugar by, I'm just going to refer to him as Bob from Detroit. He's got a new <laughs> record? Yeah. Oh, God. Hold on, sweet Southern, sweet see, Southern sugar. I, I highly doubt he did, but I just want to know if he went back to his. No, no, he didn't. He didn't go back to devil, devil without a cause. Well, I'm wondering if he maybe went back to um, Southern fried grits, grit sandwiches, or grit cakes, whatever <laughs> <laughs> genre 
Dixie Rock Country. <laughs> He's gone. Full. He's from Detroit, guys. He's gone full. He is Bob from Detroit. Even Bob Seeger didn't go this far. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what's his excuse? I don't get it, man. Tennessee Mountaintop. You're from Detroit. <laughs> Detroit, man. Podunk. What? You're from Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> he swear you from Alabama, man. It's ridiculous. Rebel flag and all. Hey, man, get your paper, man. He's <laughs> getting musical. Man, someone needs to go to his concert and just start, like, um, just start <laughs> requesting. Just start saying, like, Stone Cold Pimp. Or early morning Stone <laughs> Pimp. Pimp. Yeah. <laughs> or any, or Ba with the Ba. I, does he even, he probably disowned this. So I don't know because I did see a recording of him playing, like, Cowboy and Ba with the Ba. Um, somewhere like for the troops, and they were filling it. But I'm wondering, like, does he? Would he play like American Badass? I don't think he play that. I wonder if he play um. Which, if he's really running for Senate or President or whatever, that'd be a great song to come out to. Song. That's his campaign song. Just open the speech up. I'm an American Badass. <laughs> no, not even. It has to be Bob with Bob. It has to be that one. They're like in introducing like, kids. <laughs> yes. Then he just jumps up. <laughs> he jumps up there like with fireworks and like the whole. Okay, I pay to see that. What's he running for again? <laughs> It'll be for. He's running for senator, I think. Okay. Well, we'll have to make sure if that. Go- if he's actually going to run. Hopefully, he puts his like campaign videos on YouTube then. Cause but I don't know what state, though. I w- who else would have him? <laughs> Like, it's, I, I don't think that his campaign would fly in Michigan. No, I don't know, man. Did you ever see Roger and Me by Michael Moore? Like, Michigan's a pretty crap place, man. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, it's the, it's the North's version of like Mississippi. No offense to anyone from Mississippi. Cause I mean, like, so I guess it's, place. I guess it's kind of like, kind of like with Georgia. Anything outside of Atlanta is the country. Yeah, so outside of in Detroit. Michigan, anything outside of Detroit is the country. Fully. Unless you live by the water. Yeah. And <laughs> funny enough, I have to go to Detroit in March. So this is going to be interesting. I'm trying to make sure I stay at a hotel where I don't get mugged. <laughs> we're looking. We're going to see if it exists. Make sure it's one near the, near the, near the new stadium. Where's the new stadium? Who where put- the Pistons play. Okay. They, since they, they finally moved back to Detroit. Yeah. We're, we'll see. We're looking now. We don't have much time, but we're looking. <laughs> uh, to finish out the top 10, uh, Stoney by Post Malone and Divide by the most influential artists in black music. All right. So um, pull up the Hot 100. Number one is still Rockstar by Post Malone featuring 21 Savage. Uh, number two, Havana by Camila Cabello featuring Young Thug. I haven't heard that song yet. Um, number three, Bodak Yellow, parenthesis Money Moves, <laughs> by the love and hip-hop <clears throat> legend Cardi B. The angriest woman in rap music. <laughs> number four, Too Good at Goodbyes by Sam Smith. Number five, Thunder by the retired 2K Legends. <laughs> Number six, 1-800-273-8255 by Logic featuring Alessia Cara and Khalid. That is a suicide prevention hotline. Number number seven, Feel It Still by Portugal, the man. (laughs) The man. (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, number eight, Perfect by the most influential artist in black music. Number nine, What Lovers Do by Maroon 5 featuring SZA. And number 10, Mi Gente by J Balvin and Willie William featuring Beyonce. You don't see her on many features. And now, like, she's in two that are pretty popular. Yeah. So that I find that interesting. All right. So the uh, Artist 100 and... We know one rule we for know. sure. The one unwritten well, rule. Well, no, there's two. There's technically two. Well, okay. One is if you release an album. Oh, yes. the other, if you die. If you die. Yeah, if you die. <laughs> <laughs> so if you got it in you. <laughs> uh, so number one on the Artist 100, of course he is. It's Sam Smith since his album came out last <laughs> week. Uh, number two, Maroon 5. Number three, the most influential artist in black music. Number four, the fake news of pop music. She creeping. She's like peeking over that hill. <laughs> She's peeking over. <laughs> Number five, the retired 2K legends. Number six, Post Malone. <laughs> Number seven, Blake Shelton. Number eight, Pink. Number nine, 21 Savage. And number 10, Kenny Chesney. Oh, and just outside there's Cardi B and Chris Brown. Virginia's finest. Virginia's Chris finest. Brown. Virginia's <laughs> finest. Uh, Tappahannock's so, own. Yes. <laughs> He's a country boy from Tappahannock. <laughs> there was a of uh, listening to Bomani Jones show. Every time they they bring up Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. um, he like when they when they first interviewed Russell Wilson it was like two years ago, mm-hmm. and he uh, he kept saying, "I'm just a." I'm just a guy from a small town of Richmond, Virginia. Like, is Richmond, Virginia no, a small town? <laughs> that's not. I'm pretty sure Richmond, Virginia has is is like a top 50 media market. Like, that's not a small town, man. <laughs> like, he kept saying he's from the small town of Richmond, Virginia. I don't think that's right. 220,000 people uh, is their is their city population, but their metro area is probably at least half a million. Um. Oh no, it's over a million. Yeah, bro, that's not that's a small not a town. One point two million people, and it's—I'll say one point two six million people. That's on the higher end of one point two million people. It's not a small town. Yeah. Um, so Chris Brown is literally from a small town. Oh God, yeah. Top of Um, I can't even know how to spell it. Uh, top. Uh, I wasn't even. There it sure is. If I said it right. Tappahannock. You said I was saying it wrong. I kept saying the M. It is Tappahannock. Virginia and uh, 2,000 people, 2,375 people. Everyone probably knows everybody. Yeah. yeah is, that, is, it, is it a town or city or is it like uh, Rand, West Virginia, where it's unincorporated? <laughs> it's just an idea. And nobody gets out. <laughs> Except Randy Moss. <laughs> Except Randy Moss. <laughs> um, it looks like it's actually an actual city. It's just really, oh God, it has an airport. Mm. Tappahannock, Excess County Airport. Oh, it's probably small, like, for, like, private planes and stuff. Yeah, 2,000 people, though. Like, is there really, you know, like, who's trying to fly out of <laughs> Tappahannock? Chris Notable Brown. residents, Chris Brown, not Brown, Brown, uh, Lorenzo Bundy, Bill Dennis, Audrey Long, William, William Bill Moore, who's apparently a blues artist, and then Stacey Tut. I don't know any. He was a New York are. Jets running back. We have someone who plays for the New York Jets, by the way. But Georgia in the house. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh and there's probably a wide receiver or cornerback out there because I realized in college football 
uh, you can play receiver anywhere and you'll still have just as good of a shot as making it to the NFL yeah. <laughs> as anyone else. I want to think the guy who made it to the New York Jets was the the story that we told you about the let him play. I think it was that guy <laughs> who like just he laid some guy out. <laughs> Like basically it was targeting and like everyone in the stands got mad that he got ejected. I was like, does no one care about the other player's safety? Like he could have broken his neck and you're like, this is stupid, man. Let him play. <laughs> of course, this was the guy with the make America great again, koozie <laughs> yeah. and the assortment of light beers, not just one. He had like Mick ultra, Bud lights, Coors lights. Like he just like grab whatever's in the fridge, man. Just bring it, man. <laughs> And just, we're going to drink at the game, man. Don't sell it there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, that's my, that's my alma mater, man. Yeah. I'm proud to be from this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, um, it's always interesting to see. I think the last the last musical we may have talked about that was in the works was the Atlantis Morissette musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a mu- another musical in the works that will be um, based on... Uh, particular artist and Barry Gibb, the only surviving member of the Bee Gees, is working on a Bee Gees musical. Woo! Yeah. Um, so, what's your what's your first thought on on that? I don't know much about them, so stand alive. That's 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 where I would go with that. Um, I mean, it'd be it'd be one of those things where <clears throat> it'd probably be like walk the line, where it's like I'm going to learn a lot about this this artist that I didn't know. That's what I'm hoping. Like I knew that, you know, Johnny cash was this mysterious figure. And then I saw walk the line and I was like, damn, like that's, that's kind of all you walk away with. You know, of course they, you know, did a great parody of it with, um, walk hard, but like (laughs) when you watch walk the line, you're like, holy crap. Like you don't realize what's going on behind the scenes. And that's kind of what you find out about some of these artists, um, that are older, like nowadays, like I don't feel like there's going to be much that a lot of artists nowadays have hidden from us. So a biopic won't be as interesting, but with older artists, you didn't have that access. You just had what you saw on the news and, and stories like, you know, so like, like for instance, of course, like, you know, the, the, um, the shark story of Led Zeppelin, when the biopic comes out for Led Zeppelin, that better be in there. I don't know any crazy stories about the BG. So I'm interested to see. Outside of just like, hey, we got together, we made some music, and I want to know, was there more? Like, who had a coke habit? Did anyone have a coke habit? I don't. Yeah, that man. those are the sorts of things I want to see, though, in in musicals, biopics, you know, whatever. I think with this one, it's going to have uh, what's going to be interesting, and probably what not a lot of people know um, is that they changed their sound a couple of times. Mm-hmm. They started off as you know the. Um, like the psychedelic era of the sixties and then into the seventies was the, you know, they basically became the Kings of disco, (laughs) uh, especially with the Saturday night fever soundtrack. And, um, I don't know really anything else they did after that, but they really didn't have to do anything after Saturday night (laughs) fever. They didn't have to make any more new music. Mm -mm. I know if they didn't want to, um, but yeah, they're going to be working with the Universal Theater Group, and um, the they secured the rights to the musical with Barry Gibb, uh, Yvonne Gibb, who's the uh, the wife of Maurice Gibb, 
and the estate of Robin Gibb. So they all came to uh, an agreement for the rights. And so there will be um, it, it doesn't have a title yet or a release date or anything. But um, Barry Gibb has said he, he can't wait to get started uh, as far as putting this whole thing together. So uh, look out on uh, uh, Broadway or any other stage near you for a Bee Gees musical. Would you go see it? Probably not. <laughs> not if it came to Atlanta? To the Fox. The fabulous Fox I would, Theater. I'd go see it to see if there's a slight chance of someone having a Coke habit. <laughs> also being a musical? Let's see how they work that in. Yeah, that would be very interesting. I think someone someone had to... It might not be a Coke habit. It has to be something like... Um, I don't know. It'll probably be something very, a very seventies drug, like Quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> that just all I think of is the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> so or barbiturates or something like that or what or what that I can't remember. I think that's the name of it. Yeah, something like that. And not the, really, not really cocaine. <laughs> the lead in is like, man, that's just your job talking. And then they do that song. <laughs> that's just your job talking. Yes, there. Yes. <laughs> Little did we know that was about barbiturates. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that would be um, that would be interesting to, uh, I guess, well, you know, whatever the process might be for that. Okay, so um, I'll ask you this, Brandon: Are you a fan of Drake? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, it, like I don't, I, I don't may, hate Drake. Fa- fan, like fan, fans too strong. It's too strong. Are <laughs> you a Drake stan? That. <laughs> That's stronger. That's stronger than fans. <laughs> okay, is, are there Drake songs that, if you listen to them, uh, you don't feel like your head's going to explode? Oh yeah. Okay, it's we can every, take that. <laughs> everything before his mainstream success, but then now I sound like the hipster guy <laughs> with your with your phonograph at the, <laughs> the phonograph coffee shop with my with my oh, sorry. vinyls. Sorry, it's yeah the the local coffee shop, not the Starbucks. Oh God, no! I would they wouldn't ca- be caught dead at a Starbucks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Unless it was ironic, you know, like oh yeah, I just went here to be ironic. I'm just gonna throw this coffee away. I don't know. Um, that reminds me of a, there was a, a, in the, in the days of vine, there was a hashtag, um, when (laughs) hashtag, um, uh, coming out as non hipster. (laughs) So be like, I have something to tell you, okay, what happened? I, um, I bought this plaid shirt at a hot topic. (gasps) How dare you? <laughs> I think that is something they would genuinely get upset about. Like somebody would really get upset about that. Like, what do you mean? Hot topic. That's been cool too long. <laughs> hot topic is too mainstream. Like, um, But the uh, reason why we bring up Drake is that uh, he has a desire to act again. Uh, the last time well, he his career started off on the television show Degrassi, The Next Generation. Uh, Critically acclaimed, right? Uh, well, in Canada, in somewhere. Canada. <laughs> Some Canadian critics liked it, I guess. Um, 
And it was on that show to where he first revealed his rapping talents. And the only movie that I've seen him in was a, it was a movie that came out a few years ago called Charlie Bartlett. It had a uh, Anton Yelchin, Kat Dennings, um, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. I've never yeah. heard of this movie. Um, Anton Yelchin is the main character is Charlie Bartlett. And he, he plays a, um, a kid who his dad's in prison mm-hmm. and he has to leave. Well, no, he get and uh, he gets kicked out of private school for, uh, um, off. Okay. What was he doing? I think he was like either selling term papers or, um, something. It was like some kind of scam basically. And so, uh, he get he gets kicked out of the private school. He ends up going to a public school, and he has a hard time making friends. Um, so he, you know, he he gives so he gives a kid some advice, and he ends up turning into this like street psychologist, basically, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's prescribing um, prescribing medication he's still a high school student. Yeah. <laughs> he's prescribing medication and all the kids in school are going to him for advice. And he's studying, you know, he's, he ends up studying psychology and everything. Um, it's a comedy. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds very dark. <laughs> it's a comedy. Uh, but, uh, uh, Drake is in it credited as Ari Graham and an, and another girl who was on Degrassi. So that just made me believe that it was filmed in Canada. Mm, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing that he did a he did a voice in Ice Age Continental Drift, hmm. um, but that seems to oh yeah, and then he has a um, a cameo in Anchorman too. Oh yeah, yeah, he was one of the like the with the big news people fight. Yeah, the big I news people. Was yeah, that. he was one of those. Yeah, I don't want to spoil that too much if you haven't seen it. That that was actually the best part of the movie <laughs> in my opinion. Um, but yeah, he hasn't done anything other than that. So, I mean, at this point, has he gotten so famous that? it's going to be hard to take him serious in a movie. Cause I mean, I guess, so that's what we're getting. He wants to start acting again, basically. Well, in this case, he, uh, he wants to, he's working with Netflix, uh, to bring back the well on, I guess, uh, I don't know if this is a new, I don't know if it's going to be a, a series or a movie or like a revamp of the British crime drama, top boy. I don't think I'm familiar with that. Uh, it's set to debut in 2019. Uh, looks like it's going to be on Netflix. So he's working with them. And he says that my taste in music, my taste in television or movies is always kind of similar to my approach to music, which is I like when people really hit the nail on the head with real human emotions. So with Netflix's Ozark, it's just the family dynamic, the arguments, the love, the struggles. I really relate to how accurate it, accurate it is. Being a young black guy, I think there's definitely the chance to get typecast, but I also have been pretty adamant about showing range. I try to show it through different outlets like Saturday Night Live, showing people that I can be funny. Uh, did you see him on Saturday, any of his sketches on Saturday yeah, Night Live? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was pretty good. I like when he impersonated Cat Williams because that was really <laughs> that's yeah. really specific. Like I don't know if a SNL audience will understand that, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, he has the um I mean there has the potential. It's just been a long time. Yeah. Uh 
and he really only has a couple of roles. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. It's something he wants to do, and I think he has the um, the pull to at least get a look mm-hmm. to be in consideration for certain things. Yeah. Um, and he was an actor, so I mean. Yeah. <laughs> And says Drake and his longtime manager, Adele Future Noor, are also looking to bring their social media and marketing prowess to other companies as well, including film studio A24, Steve Golan of Anonymous Content, and Apple, which the Hollywood Review or Hollywood Reporter reports, has given him the go-ahead to produce whatever he chooses. There's so many ways to make money now. Remember that episode we talked about um, selling out and stuff? Yeah. Like, that's the norm now. Like to hedge your bets, spread out, you know, d- diversify your portfolio, if you will, <laughs> like to you just get into as much as you can get into. It's so interesting. Like, you know, like I was thinking, like, would Hammer be broke if this was considered the norm? Would he have, you know, like he would have stretched out his his, you know, I think he would have had the opportunity to make more. But the reason why Hammer went broke. Oh, yeah, because he tried everybody. to help everyone. He, he tried, tried to, to save Oakland <laughs> with thirty three billion dollars. <laughs> didn't get no help from E40. Didn't get no help from nobody. Definitely not from too short. Too short no, too short. Probably would have shot him. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he tried. He tried to save save the whole city. Uh, I think there would have been more a, little, a few more opportunities for him. He might have gotten into acting. Uh, I think social media might have helped uh, Hammer. Yeah. Uh, just Yeah, just like, but to see what Drake is doing. You know, the hottest rapper in the game right now. Um, basically a pop star. I mean, I think he's he's kind of gone past just being and, well, a rapper. And I think he's thinking beyond, beyond music. I mean, Definitely. I, I think he looks at what Will Smith has done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even on a a slightly smaller scale, what common has done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he is, he's more popular than common. (laughs) Yeah. Common does have an Oscar though. It was for music, but still, you could almost look at at Drake as a young Will Smith. Like he's right now he's in his prime and he's like, all right, I got to capitalize on this before I hit my seven pounds phase. (laughs) (laughs) You know, after earth, (laughs) cypher rage. (laughs) Wow. I watched that crap. Yeah, I, I, I'm here to say I, I still to this day try to support M Night Shyamalan, and whatever he does, um, I watched. I even watched Split this weekend. Really good. You should check it out. Okay, it's really good. Um, I feel like Split is good, but I, I felt he may have lost a lot of a lot of fans after he lost. He lost a lot of fans after Lady in the Water. I would say hell after the village. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the village before that, yeah. Like this isn't a horror movie. Like, I didn't mind the village, but Lady in the Water was. Didn't just we see like, that together? Dumb. Didn't we see that? Together? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we saw, we the, saw village. the village. It's like this isn't what I thought. <laughs> like this is, I can appreciate a good twist ending, but like this is just. If I was like, is this even plausible? Like, is half the stuff he's like? I don't want to go too far, but like, is that even like plausible? Like I, go, I still go back and read the plot. I was like, I don't think half of this stuff can even be done. <laughs> like it's just like, all right, I guess it's a movie, so you're supposed to turn your brain off. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with that with Drake if he ends up becoming a movie star. Have you have you seen Brandon? Have you seen um, After Earth? Because I heard you kind of laugh at Cipher Range. 
I have. Yeah, that I was. Have. And it's it's pretty funny. Like they they kind of like I remember before it came out they they like talked it up like see Will Smith and Jaden Smith together again. <laughs> but like, the majority of the movie it's just Jaden Smith running around like I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know what to do. And he has such and a this weird th- accent. accent. Yeah. Like, he was very hard to understand. I was like, they couldn't like, do anything with that? <laughs> none of your other family members have this accent. They can't They can't CGI his voice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Don't waste your time, Greg. It's really bad. All right. Yeah. Um, We'll save this other story for the next episode. Which one is that one? Oh, uh, well, you can't say it because we're yeah, saving it. Yeah. We're saving it. But uh, that will do it for our music news. They call that a tease in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben Spoiler watch alert. Ralph unreleased album <laughs> don't play my emotions man <laughs> oh man I kind of want to make a documentary about something like that you could looking for the the lost Ralph Tresman album you know who might pick it up Netflix yeah or BET or BET <laughs> yeah or TV one or a bounce bounce <laughs> And a special Samulcast event. <laughs> Living the dream. The Ralph Tresman story. The dream. Um, yeah. Oh, well, we could ask you this. Um, on our last episode, we found about um, the Bobby Brown story. It's going to be produced mm-hmm. by BET with Woody McClain coming back as Bobby Brown. Um, who would you... If they were exploring, like, okay, of course, his his relationship with Whitney Houston, uh, him working with Babyface and L.A. Reid, his affair with Janet Jackson, um, who would you who would you cast in some of those roles? Like, is Janet Jackson or Babyface L.A. Reid? Who would who would you cast in any of those roles? Hmm. I, I I don't know. I know the guy in. I don't know his name, but there was a gentleman in the t- uh, Tony Braxton movie who looked exactly like Babyface. I didn't know there was a Tony and he Braxton was, movie. I didn't either. There is. And was it on Lifetime? It's hilarious as you think it is. Was it on Lifetime? I believe it was. Yeah, I believe it was. They, they keep churning these out, man. <laughs> Tony Braxton didn't play herself, did she? No, no, okay. no. no. Ah, man, I, 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 I don't know. Oh God! Like Janet, like I never thought like of like someone would be playing Janet Jackson in something. What? Oh, Lord Jesus! Because yeah, we we thought that. Um, well, I I, my, I suggested Cassie as uh, Janet Jackson. Um, it might work. It it could yeah it could work. Um, and I also suggested Diddy as L.A. Reid. <laughs> Which I thought you know, would be AKA uh, Brother Love. Bro- brother Love. <laughs> uh, Why does it say I Googled Tony Braxton movie and it just the first thing is people also ask, is Tony Braxton the singer dead? Like that's <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's called Unbreak My Heart. That's what it was called. Tony Braxton Unbreak yes. My Heart. I'm trying to see where it premiered because it was obviously a TV movie. Um Lifetime. Lifetime Movie Network. Okay, the only name I recognize on the cast list is Debbie Morgan. I was going to say Tony Braxton as herself. (laughs) 
Oh, oh she did. Oh, I was looking at the first. I didn't. Get, I didn't get that far down. Let's see here. I'm going to the the uh, IMDb page to see if I recognize. I don't think I recognize any of these people. She doesn't look like Tony Braxton to me at all. Who's Lex oh, did Scott it say, Davis? Did it say it was on whether it was on Lifetime or? Yeah, it was uh, Lifetime Movie Network. It doesn't say yeah, where it premiered. Okay. Um. If it wasn't Lifetime, it would have been Bounce. She looks better than TV Tony one. Braxton. <laughs> I know. Well, um, another. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was another biopic. I don't know if there was a biopic. If it was about Mickey Howard <clears throat> or Gerald Levert. I would like. I would like a. Gerald I think Levert. it was on TV one. And uh, Darius McCrary, aka Eddie Winslow, played Gerald Levert. <laughs> I must see. This. Did he do his own singing? <laughs> I don't. I never. I didn't. I never watched it. Okay. I just saw the trailer. Oh man, Tony Braxton, the movie event. That's what the poster <laughs> says. The movie event. Oh man, I bet people were like, "Hey man, they talk about it the, day, the next day at the water cooler." Did you see? <laughs> Did you see that Tony Braxton movie? Oh man! All right, it's produced by Babyface. So, the movie—he was one of the producers. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! I googled. <laughs> I googled Darius McCrary as Gerald Levert, and they went all the way back to the '80s with this one. Yeah, and he has like the Jerry curl and the <laughs> and the suit with no tie. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, it's funny, man. You give somebody like a little mini fro and a chin strap beard and (laughs) (laughs) Gerald can pick up your toys and take them to your room and (laughs) then I want to. (laughs) All right. um, Yeah, yeah, that'll do it for our music news. So, Ben, why don't you tell us about your earworm of the week? So I don't know how to say her name. So I'm just going to guess it's Fatai. She is from Australia. She is a singer. Doesn't have a lot of listens on Spotify, but um, I found this song looking for a cover of Hide and Seek by Emojin Heap. I do like the original, so don't think I was trying to get away from that one. I do like the original, as well as the sample in the Jason Derulo song. Jason Computer. <laughs> Jason Computer. <laughs> is he Miss Is he Miss Jordan Sparks or Mr. Jordan Sparks? I don't remember if no, they, they married. Broke up. They did? Okay. So I can't make that joke. <laughs> but it's called hide and seek. It's a really pretty song. Um, almost kind of has a gospel feel to it at certain points, but just a really good song. All right. So this is Fatai. I'm going to go with that pronunciation as well. Hide and seek parenthesis blue. And like the eighties, <laughs> we will be right back. Tendency, yeah. 
Alright, that is Hide and Seek, parentheses blue, by Fatai. And you said she was on The Voice? on Yeah, the Australia version of Australia. The Voice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I dig the song. I didn't really, haven't really liked much else that I've heard on the, uh, on just her, I guess I haven't listened to her album, but like of the songs that are there on Spotify, but this one I really liked. And as you did point out, yes, it does sound a little similar to Human Nature at yeah. certain parts. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, you can find that. You can find that on our BTTYST Earworms playlist on um, uh, Spotify. Yeah. Spotify. It's on there. <laughs> uh, so um, you can find it on there with all our other earworms and um, just to report every week, uh, Hot Rod Hearts has not returned. Whatever. I'm going to cover it. <laughs> Put it on there. <laughs> See if they can stop me. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I wanted to give you a quick update. Uh, T-shirts are coming. Um, once they are uh, in the place that they were going to be sold, uh, we'll let you know. Um, we have some prototypes coming. Are we going to wear them? Are we going to be like that? That scene well, in no. uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Like you can't wear your own T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> not, not well, not all the time. <laughs> I'll wear it to work. Hopefully, it'll fire me. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll show. Well, we'll at least you know have pictures or whatever when they come out, and put them on the Instagram and our Facebook. All right. So. Uh, we started the show uh, with um, a song called Living in a Box by the band Living, Living in a Box. In a box. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, this was, I guess, this is a topic that I've never had actually had a conversation about this genre with anyone before. And. And it's funny that you mentioned it because when I when you said that I was like you know what it's not a genre that I know a lot about, but it'll be fun to learn about it. Yeah. And when I listened to it, I was like, oh, I listen to all these artists. <laughs> like, there's a lot of sophisticated pop artists that I just was like, oh yeah, this is just like late '80s adult contemporary. Like that's all I referred to it as, but like it has a distinct, a distinct sound to it. You know. Yeah. Um, we're all you know it all kind of sounds. And I don't know, like, it's, like, I was telling you, like, I feel like it's very, like, it's a cousin of Yacht Rock, but, like, a little bit more synth and a little bit more soul, a little bit more jazz, but, like, it definitely would sound like if there was a family reunion of music, like, Yacht Rock and Sophista Pop would just be there, and they'd be the cousins that, like, they're more alike than they want to admit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. Um, well, uh, when I asked Brandon to, if you want, if you want to be... Uh, on this particular episode, he had not heard the term before. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was in the same boat. Like I, hadn't, I had never heard the term before. But then once I started looking stuff up, it's like, oh, I already have all of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what did you? Um, what were you able to um, kind of determine what would? make a certain song or certain artists be put in that genre? It was... It's like how Ben was describing it. Like, kind of 
it had like somewhat of a jazzy but yet soulful feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of synths in some. It's I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure. It's like like you can't call like I like can't call it exactly jazz. No. I I do recall like several songs. There's a lot of bongos. Like, there's yeah, a, a there's a bongos. lot of they're heavy on percussion. There was one a lot of bongos. Yeah, I think there's one swing out sister song you were playing before that had a xylophone solo in it. Yeah, like, xylophones. Yeah, the chorus on guitar on clean guitar. Yeah, a lot. Yes, a lot of chorus and chorus being like an effect that just kind of makes your guitar sound bigger than it is. So like it sounds like a chorus. Like there's you know it'll kind of m- multiply the sound of one string of each string. Very popular in the eighties. Yeah, um, <clears throat> from uh, what I had to research as well, like what kind of like the origins of the term or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was music that was, that emerged during the mid eighties from the UK. Yeah. Uh, and incorporated elements of jazz, soul and pop, like all together. And most music, it included keyboards, synths, uh, very, um, polished production, and along with bongos and xylophones, horns. Yeah, a lot of horn sections. Saxophones, of course. Um, and you can kind of well, like I agree that it's like the cousin of yacht rock. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it was just kind of a progression from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, like with yacht rock, the artists were mostly American. Yeah, these uh, are mostly UK. These are mostly yeah, mostly UK mm-hmm. artists here. Um, but they were, I think from what I found also with, with these particular artists, you kind of, you could see who their influences were mm-hmm. as far as, uh, I mean, R and B artists were there were a heavy influence. Yeah. I, um, and that's been going on in the UK for ever decades. Like, <laughs> such a huge, I mean, to this day, hashtag Adele, like that is still going on today. So you know, Hashtag like Sam Smith. Yeah. So like anyone who is like, oh, man, like UK is just trying to copy, you know, America or copy black people. They've been into this music for a long time. Yeah. I mean, going back to the 60s. Yeah. Uh, Motown had has had a profound effect mm-hmm. on um, the UK as far as their uh, as far as their uh, musical tastes. Mm hmm. Um, and I, it, it kind of it's carried over. It's carried over into now yeah. to where I haven't watched the documentary yet, but there is a BBC documentary about <laughs> uh, Northern Soul. And basically it was um, people going to clubs during the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and dancing to American R&B music. I can believe that. I like all mm-hmm. the Motown and stacks you can find. Yeah. <laughs> they were playing it over there. So, like, one artist I really hear it in, and I'm just I'm scanning through the list, Simply Red was someone oh, yeah. I really heard it in. Um, of course, like, the the cover that, the song that a lot of people know, If You Don't Know Me By Now. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, uh, was that Melvin and the Blue Notes? That yeah, did how, that? Harold, how Melvin no. and the Blue Notes. Like, of course, you know, that's a, a, a song they did. Now. 
<laughs> That's, that was the breakout star. <laughs> you know, this is an R&B song from the 70s. That they come out and you have this, you know, this redheaded. Was he was he British or was he Scottish or? Uh, um, I think he's British. Yeah, he's from yeah. Manchester. Um, really bad English accents here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, comes out and he sings the hell out of that song. Like he, and like it's kind of one of those where it's like, you know, people who who might be a little bit younger probably know that <laughs> over the Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes version. Because it got played everywhere. Well, it was it was a number one. It, re, it went to their version went to number one. Yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, my my favorite song by them is "Holding Back the Years." That's one of my favorite songs, really ever. I'm pretty sure it's on my greatest songs of all time lists. Um, and it's really I didn't realize that, that was a sophista pop song. And honestly, I just straight up put it on my soul playlist because that song has a lot of soul in it. And as you hear it kind of coming in on the background on the quiet storm. <laughs> uh, this from, well, um, I think if you don't know by now, it, that wasn't on, uh, especially in Germany. Oh, well, as far as like the, uh, where R and B music is played, mm-hmm. uh, or where people like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ger- Germany is definitely another one of those places. Yeah. Um, but with um, so like this is from this is from their first album, Picture Book. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like where they started. Like it sound you know it sounds R and B. Even the I which I what I found out later is that the song Money's Too Tight. Yeah. Uh, that was a cover. <laughs> By who? Uh, it was a it was a band in in America. I can't remember their name. Let me see if I can find it. But um, let's see here. And I love that album cover. But uh, let's see here. Money's too tight to mention. Uh, it was by the the Valentine Brothers. Okay, I would have never known that because I don't know who they are. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's 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 known most likely with um, with with Simply Red. Okay, but uh, like I figured, like oh wait, this song isn't specific to America because they made a reference to Reaganomics. Ah, gotcha. This was this was the eighties, y'all. So anyway, <laughs> um, now while Picture Book is kind of like what everyone knows with Simply Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I found out is their album Stars. Yes. That's a good album. That is that is one of the best-selling albums in UK history. Seriously? Mm. Huh. Are you familiar with that album at all, Brandon? I am not. Yeah, that has um, I, well, Stars. The obviously, title the title track is a good song, and it has Something Got Me Started, Yeah, which is amazing <laughs> such a high energy song that start it's the first track on the album it's and it's such a departure from this like if you hear this well, and yeah, then you hear so, well, something got me started and it's just like let me play let me yeah. pull that up really quick this is something got me started this is 1991 and see once again this to me just adult contemporary music like I think this is on my adult contemporary music playlist um, because that's what I just considered this. And I mean, it's, but it's just really good stuff. It's just so, you know, there's, and there's a really good version of them performing this, 
um, the saxophone, like everything from the saxophone solo to like the, I don't know, this is just a really good song, and I'm glad you brought it up because I would have forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, beyond, I guess beyond holding back the years or picture book, Brandon, with uh, any experience, any anything in your experience with Simply Red? Beyond uh, holding back the years, I remember we have here in New York, we have this station that plays nothing but classic rock, yacht rock, and now I know it's called Sophistified. <laughs> but I remember they would play Holding Back the Years at least three times every hour. <laughs> I'm and that pretty would be sure. How I, I remember because I used to work at this one place and that was how I would gauge how much time has passed <laughs> when I heard that. But it's not that I love I love the song itself. But th- that was that those were like one of those songs where I knew the song, but I didn't know who the artist was. Yeah, and I think that's how it was for me for a while. Um, once again, go back to Sunny One Hundred. Like this was one of those songs that would play on there, or just whatever the adult contemporary station was, and I never knew who it was you know get up you know get a little older figure out who it is um and then of course once you know the internet comes around you have things like wikipedia and just you know article archives i start to look into them and realize like okay this is simply red and um i wonder if i have to wonder if it was a play on the lead singer's hair maybe who knows um how how is it not yeah (laughs) what color is your hair simply red mate you know it's like (laughs) um but yes such a like yeah but this this was such a good song and I did not realize um, until I started doing some research that something got me started in Stars that was the same album I didn't realize I know it came a little later because it's such a different it's such a departure you know like this is not like um, Holding Back the Years or even If You Don't Know Me By Now it's a dance track yeah like this is something that could you know could be played in the clubs very um, repetitive refrain like you know that it's it's no wonder that this was such a, a huge album this probably was a huge song I'm looking now and well it's still not their their biggest yeah they're not in America at least but it did but in the UK sorry. I think it was like I don't know if it was number one for an entire calendar year but <laughs> it was up there for a long time it's one of the like it was weird to me to where I wasn't too familiar with the album as a whole yeah but it's one of the biggest one, the biggest selling albums in the his in history. Yeah, in the history of the UK, it made number thirteen on the Hot Dance Club Play <laughs> charts of <laughs> Billboard. Is it? It uh, is. It, was it ever on the the R and B hip hop charts? Not AKA that single, the black singles. But <laughs> let's see if Holding Back the Years made it because oh, it, that that's on that had to be on the black because they probably didn't know at the time it was a red headed <laughs> British guy. <laughs> They're like, clearly, you know, <laughs> exactly. He's the Bobby Caldwell. You can see. Yeah. Oh, poor Bobby Caldwell. Oh, um, it doesn't say it doesn't show me the uh, let me see picture book, the charts. But um, uh, you can definitely put simply read it in that category because of the that the clear R&B and yeah. jazz influences. Um and uh 
Well, it's funny is that with the song, something got me started. The the keyboardist is saying the yes I would, and he's like the first uh, person other than uh, Mick Hucknall to mm-hmm. sing any vocals on any of the songs. <laughs> Mick, I was like Mick. Is his name Mickey? Wait, no, it's Britain. He's Michael. That's just yeah, what they short say. For Michael. They it's just short say for Mick. It has to be. Yeah, unless there's pretty one day I'm gonna mess up and it's actually gonna be a Mickey. It's, it's like yeah, my name's Mickey. What you think it was Michael? Like that's lame. <laughs> I'd be Mike. Um, but yeah, like the with the clear influences and because of the the, the polished production, mm-hmm. uh, that's what sticks out to with especially on the album stars yeah. uh, was how how great the production was and then with the um, I think they made themselves more accessible to the UK audience at mm-hmm. least and that's why it ended up selling so well but that was like kind of the towards the end of that of the era of Sophistapop mm-hmm. like we're talking about between like 82 and 92. Yeah. And that's if, if that's like the biggest window we'll give it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I wanted to know if, well, Brandon, are you familiar with the band uh, Scritty Politi? Scritty Politi. I am not. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I would think that was a fake band name. If it, <laughs> if I was there. Uh, that was a, um, their song, uh, Perfect way was on Ben's list, yeah. Of for uh, for our one hit wonders list in the eighty five eighty nine, I believe so. Perfect way was the name of the song. Yeah, really good song. Um, they are considered sophistapop, and um, I put a, a playlist together, which is on Spotify right now. Sponsors, and <laughs> uh, they have more than one song. <laughs> of course, too long. Didn't listen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you, no, you, I did. I did. I did listen. I just saying like, as far as like, I just, I, I mean, I know they have other songs, but like, it's just kind of like where we were like, we, we tried to say like, with each of our one hit wonders, was there another song that we liked from them? And it was just like, nah, I don't with them. I don't think I there don't is. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to go back and find that they had other, uh, other songs, um, I was actually watching a another BBC documentary. They're doing uh, like they're going through each year. I think they started with '77 with Top of the Pops. Yeah. Um, for those still not familiar, Top of the Pops is like the UK American Bandstand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're going through each year about the acts, how they like ended up performing on the show. And they got really, it was like really detailed to where, yeah, this is how we did the, the opening sequence. <laughs> um, this is what happened when this artist performed. Like a lot of them were like, as I said before, lip syncing. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. new order was the first band to do live to perform live. They let them do that. They let them do, they had to like insist on performing live. Wow. They, wow. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it was very rare because the show was live mm-hmm. and 
it you was just lip sync. Yeah, yeah you just lip sync, and you didn't want anybody to mess up. Or they're trying to make it as simple as possible. Like we mm-hmm. don't have to deal with. We don't want to have to deal with a lot of props mm-hmm. or uh, uh, intricate stage, and, yeah. intricate staging, anything like that. We're gonna have a lot of people in here, so uh, let's just make it as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll do, we'll just play the track. <laughs> you just pretend to sing. Just Ashley Simpson it. You'll, you'll get that in 30 years. And, and that's, and that's <laughs> or like, it, like going back to when we talked about uh, the Millie Vanilli uh, incident. Girl, you know it's girl. You know it's girl. <laughs> and that clip that, because um, um, I think like after I posted the video, uh, Brandon had like, posted a picture of him like uh, it was a screenshot of listening to Right on Time by Black Box <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of the song I was going to bring it up but I couldn't remember the name of the song. Uh, that's exactly that's what I think of when I think of Top, top of the uh, and how that song top. is uh, vocally impossible <laughs> <laughs> but they just went on with it as if that's yeah that's how she actually sings she stutters this things is totally like her <laughs> bravo yeah, it's not Bro. Loretta Holloway. Who's that? Um <laughs> uh, but uh with they, they did the story of uh story of nineteen eighty four, the BBC, and the first song that they played on there um was Absolute by Scree Politi. And I'm like, that those guys look familiar, but I've never heard that song, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's from the same album that had perfectly on it. Um, so uh, they're considered sophisticated pop and because of their, um, uh, because of you know, the polished productions, there was a lot of synthesizers, but also, and what I think is kind of a included on the on on a on a song to be considered sophisticated pop is it has to have piano and or horns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a major part of it. Yeah. Um, were there any other like common things you would hear or common or just anything common that you would notice in different in different songs or any any of these songs that you that I put on this list? So I feel like a lot of these songs are carried by the rhythm section, which is kind of a tenement of jazz in general. You know, you typically have strong bass players and drummers. <clears throat> so like, um, I'm trying to think. So like one of my favorite songs, and I didn't know this once again, didn't know this band. Um, oh God, what are they called? Um, Level 42. So this song, something about you really talented bass player. Um, and he kind of carries, you know that they kind of carry that song, um, and it's. Are you about to play it? Like it's really, it's like really mm-hmm. good. Like you know, lush vocals, but just like a lot of the songs had pretty strong rhythm sections. This one comes to mind, and so does um, "Curiosity Killed the Cat Misfit," which is my favorite song by them as well. Kind of an obscure song. I know a lot of people don't know it. Um, one that I discovered in high school on. Um, one of those music choice channels. Mm-hmm. I believe this is the same place I discovered this song as well. <laughs> and then I might have, I think I saw it after that on VH1 Classic. What's funny about uh, with Misfit, well, with the band, they got big, the song got big because they were, I guess, endorsed by Andy Warhol. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, 
And but this was in the mid '80s, to where you wouldn't think that he would still have that much clout. <laughs> that he would, st- that he was still a tastemaker <laughs> in 1986. I didn't know that. Um, but he was like he he said that they were one of his favorite bands, or he or he that was one of his favorite songs. Really, Misfit? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really it was good either, song. It was either he he was a fan of the band, said he was a fan of the band, or at least of that song. So. Uh, that kind of like that kind of like blew them up because, <laughs> because of that and it's funny because I'm looking at them now they have a lot of other songs that were much bigger than that song and that is still the only one that I know by them really that's funny hmm uh, are you familiar with either of these bands Brandon I am not but uh, the song like these type of songs they, they do it's funny you say Andy Warhol because it does make me think of like all the videos uh back then that had like this pop art aspect to it where it was a bunch of bombastic colors and robotic movement and then you see the horn section and it's like three girls who <laughs> like straight faces dancing why does it feel like you're you're describing a Robert Palmer video <laughs> that's exactly what I'm describing <laughs> So yeah, this is another song here, like strong rhythm section, good bass player, solid drummer. Um, like one of the few songs on Sophista Pop that I hear with like a double kick hit, like it comes right here, I think. Like kind of a nice little, like, you know, accents the um, the horns, the horn sting right there. Yeah, I love this song. I need to add this to my playlist, my bass playlist. <laughs> What, no. what song is this? Misfit. Misfit by Curiosity Misfit. Killed the Cat. Yeah. Now this this was one of those songs that I discovered my senior year of high school and I listened to incessantly in college. This was on pl- those MP3 CDs I've been making. <laughs> this was on those. This was on every single one of them. Yeah. Well, like I said, these are songs that um, that were on the on Light 98 FM in Augusta. <laughs> Um, I would hear this one every once in a while at level 42. And well, I would, I'd never heard living in a box on the, on that station, (laughs) but these other songs I have heard on there. All right. Take that back. They re-released it in 1987 and it did chart out at number seven in the UK. And, uh, so, and number 42 here, but it was, so they did re-release it a year later. So I take that back. I'm sorry. Um, members of curiosity killed the cat. I'm very sorry. Well, I mean, Misfit is their one hit in America. Yeah, I didn't mean to to do that to you guys. I'm sorry. And what I thought was <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, and this is one of those bands to where the lead singer had not sung publicly before. I don't think. Oh, really? And I, I think he's like really tall. He's like six five or something. Uh, look that up. And he was one of those like he seemed like one of those low key front men. Like he wore a beret, and that <laughs> makes him low key. <laughs> yeah, oh, like we didn't see his hair. Like, wait, but compared to the other guys in the band, is he losing his hair? Or that's or, a sensitive topic, man. He, he, or he he just never wanted to comb it or brush it or anything. So yeah, it looks like he did because he doesn't have any hair in this picture. He looks like he looks like an '80s version of Billy Corgan, hmm. a mix between Billy Corgan and. Um, the lead singer of Vertical Horizon who apparently thinks he is just like 
too cool for school. <laughs> so that's my story about him. I think his name's Matt Scannell. Um, I played a show. I played with Sunset Love Affair on the Rock Boat, which is a, a yearly concert cruise sponsored by Sister Hazel, who are awesome, you know, gracious hosts, awesome people. But that year, the other big artist was Vertical Horizon. And at this point, Vertical Horizon is nothing but him. The other lead singer, he's gone. I think they had the original drummer, but the bass player and the guitar player were no longer in the band. And I'm pretty sure... I think that's what any anybody would... If they think Vertical Horizon, okay, the lead singer, he's yeah. bald. He's got one of those those things. Soul Patch. Yeah. And on top of that, <laughs> so that's it. I was like, the bass player, she acted as if she was like a prisoner in a cult. <laughs> Because we were like, we met her and we're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Are you guys ever going to come to Atlanta? And she goes, well, you know, if if Matt says that we can come to Atlanta, we're going to go. You know, Matt's just been so gracious. And I just want to like blink twice. If, <laughs> But like, so our drummer at the time who was on our, who was on Earl before Matt, um, the other Matt, um, you know, he handled he worked for the Rock Bowl. So he would help handle talent. And apparently Matt Scannell, the lead singer of. A Vertical Horizon who had that one album that people know and those two songs that people knew was just like he he asked for extra security when walking around the boat. He asked to have an escort because he didn't want to be mobbed. And Matt said that by the like second day when he realized that no one cared, he was like, okay, you guys can leave. <laughs> he, and like I know you're probably wondering like is he as pale as he seemed he's even paler yeah, I, was, I was feeling I feel like you were going to say that and what made it worse is when we, we docked in Mexico now this is Mexico we're getting closer to the equator it's hotter and there's more sun and he is as white as the day is long he had on shorts and a Hawaiian shirt that's it like cover up man like you're gonna burn you still i know you still at least have two more sets <laughs> you are going to and i remember looking at like oh my god like like he was white as paper like it was, it was so crazy and he just went out like i mean he had on sunglasses so it was okay but like it's like dude do something man <laughs> i felt bad but yeah that's who the lead singer kudasi for the kill the cat looks like and i see what you mean he's got like He's got like the berets and the sunglasses, and he looks extremely tall and lanky. Yeah, like he could have played in the NBA. <laughs> uh, what I also found is that uh, with some of these arts, I mean, you know, most of these artists are from are from the UK. Some artists I had never, um, I had never heard of until I actually like searched the term. Mm-hmm. I searched the term a, a long time ago, so. So that's how I came across a band like Prefab Sprout. Yeah. And you were the first person to, to, when you said that term, I thought maybe you had misspoke or something. Like you said, Sophistapop. I was like, I want to be like, bless you. Like, what do you mean? Like, what is Sophistapop? And then I look into it. I was like, oh, this is like a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I can't remember like, like when I exactly came across it, across it. We're doing that last day, right? We're doing I don't that. know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But when I first came across uh, across the term, 
like it made sense to where like okay like it's the the songs that sound you know a little more uh like a little jazzier or if it or it could just be dismissed as blue eyed soul basically mm-hmm. but i think there's a different uh what makes it kind of its own thing is i feel like the production is the um is like the biggest part of it yeah to it, where it's it, very produced yeah do you think overproduced at any at any point? No, because I don't believe in overproduction. Okay, all right. <laughs> Which is why I am a Nickelback fan. <laughs> because, and people think that's weird, but so, I'm like the more digital my guitar can sound, the better. Like I am. <laughs> so that Max Martin Nickelback project is my wet can't dream. be that <laughs> can't be overproduced. No, like the more production, the better. Like drum machines on top of drum machines. <laughs> Like line six, everything like, and okay. So that joke won't make sense. So line six is a, is a guitar amp company and they're known for making a lot of guitar modeling software and a lot of guitar players. And I don't know how into amps and stuff you are, Brandon, you can chime in here. A lot of Mm -hmm. people don't like it because they say it sounds too digital. So like a lot of people don't like line six because like, they're just like it, like, oh, if it sounds too digital, oh, that sounds like line six. I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) I want it to sound like, and so like, of course I don't want everything. Like, of course my favorite amp is my Vox AC 15. Like I love a nice warm tube amp sound, but like that does not take away my love of overproduced sounding guitars and instruments. Like I love it. I love it. (laughs) So yeah, I don't think it can be overproduced. Just my, my, my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, anything you want to add on that? <laughs> little line six. Just imagine, imagine a song with Nickelback, Max Martin, and the Chainsmokers. Don't play with my emotions, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that would be the. Uh, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't know what what that would yeah, be. The, it's like and what do you call that? What, yeah. Featuring Spandau Ballet. <laughs> ballet. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't I don't think it can be overproduced though, but but then again, I do love I do love a good tube amp and the from the moment I played a, a, a Vox AC30 and you know, look that up for the people who are listening. It's a it's a lovely sounding amp, but I still like overproduction just because some music and music like this calls for overproduction. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to, I don't want a warm, I don't need a warm sound. Uh, the only warm sound I need is the synth. Like if you give me a nice smooth synth, that's all the warmth I need. Everything else can sound digital. Uh, and you were talking about, like what I said, like with um, coming across a band, like a prefab sprout mm-hmm. to where um, I think you take into account, okay, it's going to be heavily produced and um we have this uh they're not really known in the states i had never heard of them uh but in the uk like he is the the lead singer is put into the same category as like an elvis costello or um uh trying to think of any or or uh Paul Weller. Okay. Yeah. So he's like put into that category of these great poetic songwriters. Um, 
And what I liked about and kind of what sticks out to me with Prefab Sprout is like kind of the arrangement of their songs Mm -hmm. to where they kind of, um, it seems like it kind of changed styles in the middle of the song. Mm -hmm. So I'll play uh, When Love Breaks Down, which is the first song I heard by them. And see, that's all the warmth you need. Like some nice smooth (laughs) scent that comes in that's warm enough. And even it's digital. <laughs> yeah. That, that electric piano. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the uh, background vocals, uh, it was, I think, um, the woman, the I think she was the bassist, I think. Um, but she was singing like the the background vocals and like I don't know if that's a soprano or whatever what kind of vocal range that is exactly but to pair it with his um and this is one though it's like very it's lush mm-hmm. the word that you use for the production of this <laughs> but when no, they get to the chorus it's going to it's going to kind of change into um uh, it make, it sounds like another genre, but the way the song was put together, uh, it kind of it kind of sticks out. Yeah. Like wow, this this should have been a hit in America mm-hmm. um, back in the eighties. Another strong rhythm section as well. Yeah, like the bass and the drummer are very tight here. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, so, like I said, it like kind of it just changed in the middle of the song. Yeah. And the, the tempo changes in the middle of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been covered several times on an acoustic guitar. I think this is one of those songs that, you know how there are a list of songs that we may have heard at West Georgia played at Mellow Mushroom? Mm-hmm. This is a song that we played at like coffee shops in the UK. <laughs> it's it's one of those two. That's, that's a good thing to know because I'd always imagine backpacking through the UK playing music and I was like what do I play like is it poor taste to play Wonderwall I don't know it might be I, I wonder like, had, like <laughs> just a little bit I was another dude playing Wonderwall like do you think uh, you want to hear that like it's like yeah do you know don't look back in anger I mean play something else yeah something <laughs> else from what's the story or like, like don't you know some earlier Oasis like <laughs> before they got big like <laughs> um and I, what I also found though is that like with other, there were certain artists that we may have listened to all our lives. Mm-hmm. Their music kind of falls into this genre. Yeah. Uh, one of the first, what well is is Sade. Yeah. Um, one of the few black artists <laughs> you would see because if it was like, it's basically like because they're black. It's R and B. Yeah, it's not. After that, it doesn't become. It, it doesn't, and there's no, pop. and there's no, uh, there's no room for it to be anything else. Yeah, it's just R and B. Yeah, it, it's just well produced R and B. That's yeah. It. But I think because of, um, uh, Shadi vocally, mm-hmm. and because of the arrangers of the song having a, a major jazz influence yeah that it it easily falls into this category yeah um 
uh, Brandon, what do, what do you think? Like when uh, I well, I gave you Sade and Simply Red as as examples, uh, <laughs> but what um, like uh, do you? Uh, how do you see like a band like Sade kind of fitting into this genre? It, it, once I once I began googling uh, Pop, it like it fits perfectly it says it's not see now that the intro is that intro is exactly what I was thinking about mm-hmm. strong rhythmic section and then that guitar comes in guitar and keyboard comes in heavy chorus on that guitar too yeah it's it's a, it's like always moving mm-hmm. it's always moving yet this like so like a relaxing feeling to it, so, which I guess you could say that's where the jazz part comes into it. But yeah, so I'm ashamed to say that I was not aware that Sade was a band. No, that's the name. Neither was I. I was I always assumed it was a person, just her, which that's her name. That, but that, yeah, but I just figured it was like when people say like, I'm going to do some Sade, like her, like that's <laughs> like that's really sad. I feel kind of bad now. She's one of those few. Uh, I, I, mean, I can't even think of any other female artists that the band is named after them. Mm-hmm. The, after like with the with the with the female artists, like okay, we know of like a Van Halen or mm-hmm. Bon Jovi or Winger, the Stefani. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's those band called Stefani. Yeah. <laughs> if they would have stayed, if Eric stayed. <laughs> well, then it might not count. No, yeah, it wouldn't because it's te- yeah, touche, touche. Wow, but yeah, I did not know this was. Yeah, this is this is just an absolutely beautiful song, and for some reason, it makes me think of East Atlanta. I don't know why. Like, and not like East Atlanta Village, not like the, but like around like Emory, East Atlanta. Hmm. I don't know why. Maybe it's there's a memory tied to it or something, but like. This makes me think of East Atlanta, and then of course, um, Smooth Operator makes me think of West Georgia because Nandini sung that song. She sung um, Smooth Operator. Was that like with the jazz combo? Yeah. yeah. So there's probably a recording of it at West Georgia. <laughs> it's like apparently there's a recording of me singing Peg. So nice. Yeah, I've yet to hear it. Greg has heard it. I've yet to hear it. I don't want to hear it. It was not in a key I was comfortable with. Um, I. Like we didn't like it was too high to sing in the original in the original key, and then like we changed it to another key that was just really weird, and I didn't have a reference track to practice with, so the only time I got to practice it was at rehearsal. So like when time came to sing it, I was totally uncomfortable with it because there's a lot of intricacies to singing. There's so many layers. Yeah, because like singing songs like that, like people don't realize, like it's not just a a high low type thing. That's what I learned when I started singing jazz. There's all sorts of they're singing real melodies, yeah. And so, like, if you can't practice it, like, it just you just you're stuck. Yeah, you, you can't sing it like Ozzy Osbourne. No, <laughs> you got to come in there and you have to understand like how it really goes. And even my teacher was like, "Yes, yeah, in a weird key, we're gonna we're gonna try to make this work somehow." And but it's such a good yeah, but yeah, not to get off topic, but yeah. So yeah, Nandini did do Smooth Operator, and at the time I wasn't terribly familiar with with. Um, Sade, luckily, and this is why I'm so happy for streaming services now. 
you can you can try everything and so then streaming services come along and I just I try to pick an artist and I'll go and listen to some Chardet and I'm like oh, yeah this is good this is good stuff just like I learned that Rufus was a band and not a yeah. person <laughs> I thought that Rufus was a person so that's I love these streaming services you can go and you can find out like and for anyone who's listening has never done that like just like put a bunch of bands in a hat that maybe you or you've always wanted to check out pull their name out and like alright this is what I'm listening to today uh, one that's interesting to me is that how some of the bands are formed or if they, or if they are, if there's an artist that was connected to a different band at the time. Yeah. Uh, an example of that would be the style council. Okay. To where you have Paul Weller, who was a member of the band, the jam. Yeah. Um, that we talked about on, um, uh, the Power Trios episode, yes. which is our most downloaded Still episode. The most I, downloaded. I don't know how, but it is. <laughs> Matt said he's not spamming. Say haters will say it's spam. <laughs> <laughs> like trios, man. But um, uh, with with Paul Weller, he started getting um, like the like the jam is uh, post punk. Or mod, so that mod term, revival, post anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Post that. Post something is kind of weird. Like post hip hop. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be what we're in now. That's well, what mumble rap. Well, they're is. calling it like alternative hip hop. So like, but I would. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe it is post. But but it, it's high. It's high, I guess we already say that it, for it to be a post hip hop, that means like. The era is over. Yeah, because I hear like mm. post, post, and it's been going on for forty years. So, yeah, so I, I hear post that. emo, but I'm like emos, but it sounds like emo. <laughs> like I hear like this sounds like emo, just with more screaming. Yeah, there's a there's a mm. post punk, but punk is still around. Yeah, there's a post disco. Yeah, disco's uh, dead. I guess would which would make more sense. But the thing is with uh, with the gym with them being a post punk or mod <laughs> or the like early new wave Paul Weller started getting more into R&B music. He was probably going to those Northern soul clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> talk about. And so the music became more R&B influenced and that led to the jam breaking up. It's <laughs> like, well, we don't want to do that. Like do that on your own time. He's like, okay. So he did. This will be my own time. <laughs> <laughs> so he formed the style council with uh, Mick Talbot from Dexy's midnight runners. Yeah. That was interesting, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And their music has a heavy R&B influence. And I kind of wonder if he went too far because he was like, so it's like, I'm going to make this R&B music. He doesn't have like the prototypical R&B voice. I feel for him there. It's still that (laughs) post-punk new wave voice. Uh, I feel that he went too far. Like, okay, he ended up marrying um, uh, D.C. Lee, who is who, a black woman. Friend <laughs> <laughs> hard. So he, 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 uh, he, he went a long way with being into this R&B thing. <laughs> it was like a he was like a, a really like into it method actor. <laughs> it's like I got to find a black woman to like really get prepared for this role as the singer in an R&B band, if I'm going to just go the whole way, you know, <laughs> um, another, uh, 
Well, I can think play, I, I was gonna can you, can you play some Solid Council? Well, yeah, we'll play. I'll play uh, uh, "You're the Best Thing," which probably should be played at uh, any wedding. Um, there's a also a good, very good reggae cover of this song too. I'm looking at DC Lee. He's got good taste. If this is, if this is, is that her or no? Yeah. Yeah, he had good taste back then. <laughs> mm mm Uh, but this is um, uh, incorporating the guitar. Not a, well, not I guess not. No, no chorus on it on the guitar. Uh, I mean it. It it had it, that was more of a jazz. Mm-hmm. Kind of sound so maybe so not a single coil didn't sound like but like a, a a humbucker, meaning like if you've ever seen a guitar, and you see like under the strings like on the on the bridge of the not the bridge but like under the uh, well no yeah the bridge of the guitar not the neck the bridge, and you see like those things with the metal dots on them, those are those are your pickups that's what actually picks up the sound from the guitar, so if you have one of them that's a single coil you mostly see that in a lot of fenders. Like the Fender Strats um, and a lot of the Fender Telecasters, but in like the Les Pauls, like a lot of the t- guitars made by Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, um, have humbuckers, which are double single, co- um, double two coil guitars. Okay. Um, typically, that cuts down on like the hiss. Like with single coil guitars, you get a loud hiss a lot of times, but like they're used in blues. So like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton. Um, I think even like Muddy Waters, Buddy Guy, they all played like Telecasters, Stratocasters. But someone like a BB King, he played a Gibson guitar. He played actually the ES series, I believe they were. They had double pickups. My guitar that I play, that you've probably seen the blue Gibson Les Paul I have, if you look on my Instagram, it's on there, has humbuckers on there, has two coils. That's just what I prefer, just because it's a more versatile sound, but that's what you have here. That's, that's more of a humbucker sound to it. Um, reminiscent of somebody like a, a West Montgomery. You know, if, if you're, wow, I haven't said his name in a long time. <laughs> um, like a West Montgomery jazz player, like that, that kind of type of jazz sound. Yeah. God, now I gotta go listen to some West Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the You're the Best Thing by the Style Council. Um, another group that, um, well, I think like the, they probably had the, um, they probably went the, I don't know, say they went the farthest or they, if they're the, like the epitome of this particular genre is Spandau Ballet. I was wondering if we were going to bring up, um, that song, um, uh, there, well, them in general, and then their song, I know this much is true because I think that is the theme song of Sophistapop. <laughs> So we'll mm-hmm. play that. Whenever I think of Sophista Pop, like that's I, Greg, I, I was singing it when I came in the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's what I think of when I think of Sophista Pop, like because that was the first song I associated with the genre. When we talked about spent, like it just came up when oh yeah, it's Sophista Pop, and that's when I was like, what's that? And spend out ballet. Okay, yeah, you know, I, I still remember because I heard. PM Dawn set a bliss of memory drift on you or set a drift of memory bliss on you first so then when I heard this one on pop up music I was like what uh, what's going on what's funny <laughs> is that uh, the lead singer of Spandau Ballet is in PM Dawn's video is for that song <laughs> <laughs> yeah because at the time I didn't understand the concept of samples mm-hmm. so I was like 
why did they steal this or what is and like my head wanted to explode (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah this is yeah to me this is the their theme song the flagship song (laughs) I bought a ticket to the world what does that even mean (laughs) I don't know for some reason growing up I always thought this was by Tears for Fears until like maybe I could hear that though four or five years ago I could totally hear that he has the sound of Roland it'll be like Tears of Fears got a new producer. Yeah. It's totally different right like, now. Like, Tears of Fears lost their balls, man. Like, this is like... What do you mean you know this yeah. much is true? You wanted to rule the world. Like, they're singing about happy stuff. Man. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I was just listening to the working, the working Day. I think it was last night. And I was just like, yeah, this is... Like, I could, I hear it in the voice, but like, man, this is too soft. Like, this is too soft to be like... To be Tears for Fears. Like, Tears for Fears well, came hard. They found their side. Yeah, no, I could don't no, I hear it. Like I totally I definitely hear he sounds yeah. like him. Maybe it's because they're British. I don't know. But what's <laughs> I, like speak speaking thinking about this song, like how um how did you how did they sell this song? Like if you're in in a time where like this is the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh in a time where like it's these new way is all these new wave bands and you know everyone's playing the synthesizer uh, including the drummer (laughs) Um, and that's how all the music is being made but here come these guys Uh, they did wear like some kind of like some outrageous clothes but then like during this period when this song is popular they're wearing these suits (laughs) these very nice suits and that's why I thought and it was Sophistapop was, it, because yeah. like they looked sophisticated. It was yeah. like I mean that was kind of the point. Like, okay, we're gonna wear these these really nice clothes, mm-hmm. and everything's gonna be very slick and well produced, and you know we're gonna have a saxophone. Yeah, <laughs> like they, I think uh, they had like you, wine s- glasses in the video, and like how do you sell this song in the time where you know? Um, with, with the synth pop bands like I don't know a, a, a Yazoo or a, a New Order or a, a Soft Cell, I don't know. You know how I, I it's interesting. I wonder. I wonder. Wonder like how are how was this song sold? How did this song become a hit around the world? I don't know. I don't know because that's something I never would have thought about because I listen to it now and to me I just put it in with whatever came out around that time but like it just stood out as like the the softer side of someone like it's just very like it's very I don't know it's like (laughs) it's, it's like the I don't I'm trying to think of a way how to say this without sounding offensive like this is like a privilege song man because like, <laughs> I don't want to offend nobody but like this is just like this might be the whitest song I've ever heard in my life <laughs> it's, 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 it's that, a good like, song though this is the thing is like this, it's an R&B song but he has like a a power ballad yeah. voice like it's like, like that almost voice. Michael Bolton type it's like the voice that black comedians used to make for the white people. <laughs> and that is not an insult because I love this song. So not, don't get it twisted. I love this song. It's exactly that. But like if that's there was the voice that black comedians used to make for the like, hey guys, how you doing? Like that's what's singing this song. 
and it just works. Like it's a good. I don't want anyone to take this as an as like an offense or a slight. Like if it works, it works, man. Like you know, hey. But this is a really you know. But that's just what I think of, and so that's what I have come to associate to. So when I looked at Sophista Pop and realized there were all these other artists in there that didn't necessarily fit that, then I was like, all right. So this is a pretty diverse genre on its. You know, once you get down, you know, under the surface, because looking at the video, they're in suits. I, I swear to God, one of them had a wine glass and like, you know, slicked back hair, slick production. Like it just looked like, you know, I'm having like, you know, a cocktail party in the <laughs> yeah, 80s. Like a really like a really exclusive. cocktail Yeah. Party. And yeah. this is what we play at it. You know, the, the type of cocktail party that Norman Bates would go to hopefully didn't kill anybody. You mean Patrick Bates? Did I say nah, Patrick Bates? Norman Bates, that's psycho. That's actual psycho. Patrick <laughs> would go to this. Patrick Bateman. Bateman, yeah. Why did I think? I don't know what I'm thinking of. Patrick Bateman would go to this party. Hopefully, he didn't kill anybody. But that's like well, he not would at the party. Yeah, he would bring them back home, and, and then he would lecture them about he Spandau would, Ballet. He would listen to this song <laughs> on his Walkman in the taxi on the way to the party. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to do the the, the Christian Bale face like a. <laughs> but I can't do it, but he does it perfectly. But yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully no one who was listening took offense to what I said about Spandau Ballet and how he sounds like what a black comedian uses to make fun of white people. Because <laughs> it's still a good song. I Yeah, it's a really good song. Um, what also considered here is that there were some, uh, we'll say that like Sting, it, what his music falls into Sophistapop, I think. Uh, it's just not really mentioned as much because, I guess, because so many people liked it. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, in this, uh, it's not put into that neat little box yeah. automatically. And there were some uh, songs that I found to where this could actually be considered a Sophistapop song if you think about it. Um, one of those was... Um, uh, do you really want to hurt me by culture club? Yeah. I think that, that fit into the genre, uh, piano in the dark by Brenda Russell. Love that song. I, I love that song. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite samples too. Shout out to Flo Rida, wherever you went, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one, um, uh, careless whisper by wham featuring George Michael, even though, Mm-hmm. George Michael's already in Wham. Like <laughs> now, it's funny you mention that because that does have a lot of the tenements of a a sophista pop song. It's got the jazz elements. It's got the horns. It's got the sax solo. It's, it's got the saxophone solo. It's got like the the reflective lyrics and yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, that's that yeah, that's why I thought it fit. And another one that I thought fit was uh. Um, I don't know if this will be controversial or not. I hope not. Uh, Private Dancer by Tina Turner. Why would that be controversial? I don't know. That's <laughs> I like Tina Turner. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that song would fit into this genre, though. Okay. Um, it has the the jazz elements. Um, it has the uh, soul elements. I don't know if that's simply because Tina Turner is black. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and then also because of the, um, because it, because of it being, it's also a pop song. Uh, 
Uh, and yeah. she's no longer American. Right. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's, <laughs> she joined. Uh, she joined Madonna in that club. Let's defect to the UK. Wasn't there some comedian who's talking about? Um, uh, I think it was around the time that what What's Love Got to Do with It came out, and it's like, why wasn't there a scene to where I come up to Tina's like, uh, where'd you get this British accent from? <laughs> 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 Trying to fit in. <laughs> Um, as far as you like, when you mentioned wine glasses, I thought of and with it being, you know, us, uh, you know, basically agreeing that it's the cousin of Yacht Rock. Yeah, uh, we associated Yacht Rock with uh, it's music that you listen to on your boat while drinking champagne and snorting mm. lots of cocaine. Yes. So with Sophistapop, it's an exclusive cocktail party. Mm-hmm. With wine and or champagne, mm-hmm. but what drug would you associate with some Mr. I don't see them snorting anything, so maybe it's some sort of pills. <laughs> Definitely quaaludes. Quaaludes. <laughs> Quaalude, quaaludes and wine. Like I'm looking at the video wine, specifically. He's got like the slicked back hair. He's got like the the black suit with like the the pocket square. Like he just looks like you know I don't know, and then the dude with the in the piano in the back. That's uh, another another song that I associated with uh, Sophista Pop, "Lady in Red" by Chris DeBerg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, I think that's another one of those. Um, black guy talking like a white guy singing <laughs> kind of songs. That might be another one of those. Um, and, uh, of course, I also included um, Hold Me Now by the Thompson Twins. Okay. So, yeah. there is one song, because I don't know if we're coming to the end of this or not, that I did want to make sure I got in here, because mm-hmm. if there was another song that, after I learned what Sophista Pop was, that I would make the other um the other theme song is um Johnny Hates Jazz Shattered Dreams. Oh yeah. Like that yeah. is that is that has all the stuff in there. Like it's got the the, the little smooth sense and like the Yeah. Doom doom. And it's that got it's ironic. even got a bongo solo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, bongos is also another like another one of those instruments. Like, okay, you got the horn section. Mm-hmm. Um, guitar was kind of more the background; it wasn't the, the lead instrument a lot. Mm-hmm. But bongos is definitely a uh, an instrument that would be um, a signal that it's a sophista pop like yeah. song. This did have a bongo solo. Yeah, <laughs> and this I saw this on pop up video for the when I was a kid, and just I remember like the lead singer. I felt like they were trying to make him like this sex symbol. He kept kind of looking at the camera with like one yeah. like hair parted over one eye and trying to like, yeah, um, look at me. What's funny on their uh, on their best of album on the cover, it's him, but the other two guys in the group are like in the background, but and they're very blurry. <laughs> that was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking now. Like they just put him up in the front. Like, man. Johnny hates jazz. Uh, and you said that was their friend, right? Oh, sorry, let me turn it down a little bit. Yeah, it, they had a, it was a friend named Johnny who didn't like jazz. 
Johnny was an idiot. <laughs> he doesn't like jazz. Like, I, I take that back. I know a lot of people that don't like jazz. I could probably I could make a band called Insert Friend's Name Doesn't Like Jazz. <laughs> um, yeah, this was their one hit in America. Yeah, I, did, uh, I have not checked out anything else by them. I will probably do so after this episode because I kind of feel bad now. Um. Because I would have considered them a one-hit wonder, but yeah, it's one-hit wonder in America. Yeah, you know, not mm-hmm. in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the bongo solo. Yep. <laughs> oh. Ah, yeah, hit them things hard. Sing over the solo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it the guy from the sample this documentary? I don't know. <laughs> from the Incredible Bongo Band? Yeah. I don't know. Did they have the budget for him for this album? <laughs> I don't know. I, like, but apparently he's the best bongo player in the world. Or was he just like really heavily influenced by him? <laughs> I'm looking. Uh, no, it's just Frank Riccati on the on the percussion. Oh, I don't know who that is. Mm. He was English. Duh. Mm. I feel like that should have been a given. <laughs> he was British. That should have been a given. Uh, any other, uh, anything else that kind of stuck out to you, Brandon, about this genre? I would say, does Joe Jackson fall into this category? Yes. Uh, it, and, and definitely in a, stepping out. In a, in a different way, uh, because he was influenced by... Um, Cole Porter and, and Gershwin. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there another, you go. Yeah, you have the, the moving synth and okay. the jazz chords. Sorry, when you said Joe Jackson, I'm not going to lie, man. I was like, what you talking about Joe Jackson for? Like, <laughs> but you meant not, like not that Michael Jackson. Jackson's dad. I was like, nah, man. Not, not that Joe. <laughs> but I mean, remember, I remember joking. originally like looking up the song "Stepping Out" one day after hearing it on the radio, and it's like, oh, this is by Joe Jackson. What? <laughs> <laughs> Take your drop off the floor. <laughs> uh, what weird thing about to me about this song? For the longest time, I thought it was a Christmas song. I don't know yeah. why, but no, I just I felt it was something that would be played at Christmas. Like it's, it's something like while it's snowing or something. Yeah, I could hear that. I could hear that. <laughs> and everyone's wearing trench coats or whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the cord. xylophone. Is that a xylophone right here? I think so. Yes. Yes, that does sound like a xylophone. Let's see if you can find out who played it. <laughs> Let's see, stepping out. The first thing it gives me about him is, of course, is she really going out with him? I love that song. I love um, that too. And he's another guy that kind of that changed his sound. He was more of a pop rock guy, yeah, or post punk possibly. <laughs> and but then you know he starts listening to uh, the big composers, uh, Gershwin, Irving Berlin, and Cole Porter. And pretty much the rest of his career has been heavily influenced by that era. Sue, I'm not going to try to say their last name. Hajapalooze? That's pretty good. Hajapalooze. Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with that, yeah. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, this ended up being like, I guess his second hit in America. But I never knew he was British. Yeah, I didn't know that. And he, yeah, you don't see a lot of Jacksons. <laughs> Not Matt in the UK. Nah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like he he kind of came to this in a different way. But another artist that kind of changed his sound, like Paul Weller. Um, but he was in, he was it's clear that he's influenced by by jazz and like thirties pop. <laughs> <laughs> he got too sophista. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, this is this is a good song though. Um a couple of others that I put in there, uh, you know, it it may straddle the fence. Uh Human by the Human League. Oh, beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also uh Too Shy by Kajigugu. Okay, okay. I thought that that kind of fit. Good rhythm section. <laughs> Very good bass player. Um But yeah, uh Anything else that may have stuck out to you, Ben, about about the genre that is, um, that kind of defines it, like like kind of makes it what it is. Nothing I can think of that we haven't covered. I mean, I think we've kind of we've looked at everything and really, I mean, yeah. Other than Swing Out Sister, we haven't really listened to any Swing Out Sister. I like Swing Out Sister. <laughs> um, um, I mean, they were, I mean, they had some of the, the tenements. I think they're so like the song I think of all the time is breakout. Um, but there's also another song they had, which, um, called the waiting game, which I thought had some like very interesting drum beats on it. Kind of hip hopish almost. This was when I was really like obsessed with, I don't know if I told you about this. I was, I was obsessed with finding out where like, these trap style symbols hi hats came from. So like I was looking at everything, like even looking at like back that ass up, which has Yeah, like so you hear like the Like the hi hats are very hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like it's very like And of course when did I'm I don't even know when this came out. Nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so yeah, so nobody was doing symbols like this, hi hats like this <laughs> in hip hop at that time. So I wonder if maybe someone, because then he mentioned Childish Gambino sampled one of their songs. He sampled Twilight World. So I was wondering, I was like, I mean, I wonder if people were listening to Swing Out. So it's like, oh, those are some dope, some dope uh, <laughs> hi hats. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, there's like some, you know, a lot of sixteenth notes. Like those are eight notes, one e and no, those are six and one e and a two e and a one e and a. So those are the sixteenth notes, and then every now and then they'll throw some thirty seconds in there as well. So yeah, it was funny like when um, uh, Swing Out Sister was on the uh, on one of VH1's One Hit Wonder countdowns, mm-hmm. and which with each one they always go like go to like what are they doing now? Uh, Swing Out Sister is apparently very big in Japan, <laughs> uh, just like Jesse and the Rippers. Yeah. Um, and they've come out with nine albums. And then one of the guys is like, who thought of Swing Out Sister would have come out with nine albums? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> still present. 85 to present is what it says. So they're still together. Uh, I saw a video that they did Twilight World, like a live version of Twilight World. Um, it was they made it. Uh, even jazzier 
if that was possible. <laughs> uh, but it, it, sound, it sounds really good. Um, okay, that will do it for our uh, um, discussion on Sophistapop. And uh, one second, this is really that, random. Yeah, have you ever guys seen? Have you guys ever seen the uh, the movie Music and Lyrics with Hugh Grant? Um, Drew Barrymore. Yes, I've seen the. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I, I do know of the song. I watched it for the, a girl. The pop goes my heart. <laughs> He's totally in a sophista pop band. Well, he in was. the eighties when he was um in uh oh god. Uh, well, it was inspired by Wham. Let me see. What was the name of that group? I think, I think they were called, called pop. pop. Yeah, it was just called. Okay, yeah, yeah, pop with like a lowercase o. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh God! I was I saw that because of Nikki. Yeah, I I did a lot of things back in the day I shouldn't have done. Nothing illegal, but I also saw Juno because of her. <laughs> I, I did not like that movie. Um, but yeah, she was like she talked about um, the song like "Pop Goes My Whatever." Was it "Pop Goes My Heart" or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Pop she, goes my heart. You should watch that movie, and I watched it. Thank God I didn't pay money for it. Um, I saw it on HBO on demand at the time. Yeah. yeah. Hugh Grant, Drew Barrymore, Brad Garrett was in that movie. I don't remember him. Scott Porter. And he has oh, that's, like uh, a, that's a, Jason there's a song that's kind yeah. of a version of Careless Whisper. Oh, yeah. Jason Street from Friday Night Lights. Oh, man. Um, that was a. Yeah, the uh the the ballad was the um what it sounded like the yeah, fist, it sounded like pop, yeah. what sounded like Careless Whisper. <laughs> that's all they were I felt like that's what they were imitating. They were imitating yeah. Wham and he was supposed to be George Michael, you know, only straight. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, so yeah, re- recommended viewing. It's it's a it's a it's a it's it's kind of a strange Mean- movie. It was called Meaningless Kiss. <laughs> Meaningless, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, goodness. that was the other song. <laughs> uh, I, I tried to dress like him after I saw that movie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm ashamed to say that. Yeah. So we'll get to my uh, uh, <laughs> we'll get to my earworm of the week. Um, well, I mentioned this to to Ben that we started the show with "Living in a Box" by "Living in a Box." And it's one of the uh, Bobby Womack covered that song, and it's one of the most <laughs> random covers that he had ever done. Um, yes. But uh, my earworm is a different song by Bobby Womack, and uh, it's one of the last albums that he uh, that he had made, and it's the title track, and it's called "The Bravest Man in the Universe." Uh, it's produced by Damon Alburn from Blur or Gorillaz, whichever one you want to associate him with. Um, because I think Bobby Womack had worked with him on the uh, the Gorillaz album Plastic Beach. Okay. He was on the, the song Stilo. I don't know if you ever that song. I don't know that one. Though. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so this is The Bravest Man in the Universe by Bobby Womack. And uh, once I get it ready to play here, we'll play it and we'll be right back. The bravest man in the universe. 
That is the Bravest Man in the Universe by Bobby Womack from the album The Bravest Man in the Universe. Smooth. That's some that's the kind of stuff I want to do. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so that will bring us to the end of our program. And that song you can find in our BTTYHT Earworms playlist along with our other earworms on Spotify right now. All right, so uh, we're at the end of our program. So, Ben, tell the people where we can be found. So? Well, actually, before you start, Brandon, if you want, if to, you be want to be found, <laughs> where can people find you? I can be found on Instagram at... What did I change my name to now? Father Cliff. <laughs> it's still fa- Father unders- underscore Clef. Or on Twitter at the same Father underscore Clef. Especially if you want to see the, ah, they're trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to kill your favorite bitch. <laughs> it's just over, that's true. some choir. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. You know, Wyclef has a Spotify single thing too. He did a cover of "Viva La Vida." That sounds interesting. Ooh, I will be checking that out. Car ride music. Um, so obviously, if you're watching this, 
you found our Facebook page, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this, spelled with the word you. <laughs> well, you. Um, if you want to find us on our official website, Facebook, not Facebook. By the time you hear this dot com, same spelling with um, the word you, while you go check us out, um, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you uh, to find us on the gram. Um, please don't slide into our DMs. Does anyone ever DM us? No. OK, good. Good. Keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. It, it does not go down in the DMs. Um, you can find us on there. By the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because. We're not under investigation, <laughs> but we are they gonna, upstanding. They're going to come find us, man. They're going to look for us. We're upstanding. Upstanding. Um, yes. Yeah, so we can also be emailed at, by the time you hear this, but with the letter U um, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line. Um, if you want to listen to us, you can listen to us on Podomatic, which is where the podcast is hosted. Um, you can also hear us on Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, Google Music. So not Google Play, but Google Music. It's the yellow triangle. Um, you can find us Satchel Podcast Player. Po- not, I already said Podomatic. Satchel Podcast Player, Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio. Um, you can find us on. There's so many of them. Castbox. Um, really, any podcast aggregate um, type site or type app you can find us on mobile. Um, I feel like I missed one. Overcast. Overcast. That's the one I missed. I said auto radio. Overcast. Is it spelled O T T O or A U T? It is O T T O. Nice, nice. That's what I was hoping. Like the Ottoman Empire, for you history buffs <laughs> out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so many ways to listen to us, and we, you know, for those of you who are listening, thank you. For those of you who are watching, thank you. Um, spread the word. All right. Uh, so we're going to uh. What should we end the show with? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, we we played a lot of uh, but we kind of went through a lot. Yes, yeah, a fist to pop. Let me see. Yeah. Um. Oh well, a band that we didn't talk about that we could talk about, and it had they have the the Motown influence clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, is ABC. Hmm. Okay. What song? Um, Another most probably the look of love. The, yeah, the look of love. Let's go with that one. All right. So we're in the show with the look of love by ABC. Um, not another, another bad, bad creation. creation. No, no, not them. <laughs> not, not them. We're not talking about them. Plot twist. <laughs> you know, someone was like, oh, sweet ABC BBD. No. Oh, man. No, 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 no. None of none of the East Coast family. Okay. <laughs> Who never missed a beat. <laughs> All right. So this is the look of love. It's actually titled the look of love part one, but there wasn't a part two as far as I know. <laughs> Uh, Just like why part two by Collective Soul, but there was never a part one. <laughs> and I knew a kid in high school who was a habitual liar who swore there was a why part one and it sounded trippy. Still ain't heard it. Liar. It's like those, uh, <laughs> reminds me of that, uh, that uh, Hannibal Burris bit. He's like, why we see these rap videos where they end it with like to be continued? Like what happens? Like, do they keep pouring champagne on bitches? <laughs> you know? Oh, man. All right. So this is The Look of Love, part one by ABC. 
thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace.